You are listening to A Called Collective podcast, where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. A Called Collective produces multiple podcasts, which you can find in the description below. To learn more about The Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. What's up, guys? This is Coffee and Colin, where we just chat over coffee. I'm one of your co-hosts, Isaac. I am Noah Yero, and thank you so much. Sit back, enjoy, and come along for the ride. We're gone! <laughs> <laughs> we are back once again. It is another episode. Isaac, of what? Coffee and Collie. Of Coffee and Collie. <laughs> Who do we have, Isaac? We have a good friend of mine here. Great friend, actually. A dear sister in Christ. As Charlie would say, dear friend. Dear, dear friend. Ainsley Vermillion. <laughs> all right. Good to have you, Ainsley. <laughs> Welcome here. This, this to let you all know, is the one who single-handedly single takes on the spiritual formation. <laughs> Absolutely. I woo. She has the rascals. Ainsley, would you just... Introduce yourself. No one's going to understand <laughs> no what rascals understands. mean. Well, explain it then. Rascal Flats? I have the Rascal Flats. What am I doing? You're giving yourself, giving a little intro, a little peek, yeah, a yeah, little just... window into your life. Where are you at right now? I'm in this room. Oh, my God. Oh, I know. You guys asked me here. How old are you? <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm Ainsley. I'm a senior at IWU studying ministry. Uh, referring to what Isaac said, I get to uh, be a student body chaplain on campus in uh, the area of small groups and small group ministry. So I oversee our resident spiritual life coordinators and all the small groups happening on campus. So if you had to change the name from RSSC <laughs> to something different, what would it be? Probably chaplain. 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 Can you get like chaplains then like colon doctors of the soul? What about like yeah. chapsticks? The chapsticks. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. It's like and a layer of Spiritually balming. Thy <laughs> <laughs> lips. Purifying. Purifying. And it's based off the scripture when, isn't it Isaiah, when he touches yeah. lips? Isaiah 6. Know yeah. it, brother. There's also Ezekiel when he, <laughs> right, it's when so he eats the scroll. Yeah. That one happens. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know my Bible, kind you of. know your Bible. Yeah, I do. You know your Bible. All right. We're not, we're here to talk about we the are. Bible and scripture, right? Really but no, through no, an avenue. Not. No, there's no scripture involved in this. No, the Bible talks about some of the the two most powerful things that we have as believers are the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Amen. And we are here to talk about your calling story. So you (laughs) jump in. That was the smoothest transition. That was was a great, what we call segue. That's what we call the Lord, baby. Mm. Mm -mm. (laughs) All right, Ainsley. Yeah, you can just run us through kind of how you got here, but how you get called to ministry, your whole journey in that. Because... I don't know it. I don't even know if Isaac knows it, but I don't really care if Isaac knows it or not. Because I don't know it. (laughs) (laughs) No. Oh, no. But I'm excited. Let's go. Just run us through it. How long do I got? Depends how long you got to go. Okay. Uh, Okay. You got the max like 20 minutes, then we'll just (laughs) go back and forth. You got this? I promise it won't take 20 minutes. Okay, cool. (laughs) Isaac has had talked in five different accents. <laughs> like, there's so many people in this room right now. You guys want one more? <laughs> Cletus? <laughs> all right. All right. Oh, goodness. Take it away. Take it away. Oh, gosh. Where do I start? Um, 
Cool. Yeah. I was uh, born, raised in a Christian home, Christian parents, um, pastors, uh, who really just walked alongside me and helped me discover faith on my own. Um, and I don't know, it was a really graceful transition between, um, sort of like that parent's faith becoming my own and becoming a relationship with Christ that I felt like was, you know, me, me and the Lord, which is a huge blessing. Um, yeah, I grew up in the church, um, have always known, um, who the Lord is and accepted Christ very young. Yeah. Um, and then around freshman year, uh, I went to a conference where the first time I heard uh, the, like, the term called a ministry was as a freshman in high school, which I think is just so funny because, you know, grow up in a church and you'd think I'd hear that term, but I hadn't. Um, and so I was introduced to this term, like called a ministry and kind of almost like instantaneously knew like, Oh, like that's what this is. And this has yeah. been my journey up until this point. Um, and just like recognizing that in this moment of just like, Oh, like I'm being asked, you know, do I feel called to ministry? That's kind of what I've been being asked without realizing that that's a thing. Um, mm. and so Accepted that as a freshman in high school um, and, and went throughout high school, um, really just leaning into my church, my youth group, um, as well as just friendships at school. Like it was a very um, Christ-centered community that I surround myself with, which is which was awesome. Um, and while I was doing uh, sports and, and uh, youth group things, I was also really actively involved in theater. So when the time came, um, to decide to start looking at colleges and what, what decision to make. I was kind of torn between like, what, what avenue do I want to study? What avenue do I want to figure out, like pursue, um, as a career. And I felt really, really led to, um, theater and to, um, the stage and performing and stuff like that. So much so that I was just like, oh, like this is the avenue in which I'm going to like pursue ministry in terms of like, this is a very secular industry. Like theater is very, um, you know, very secular, very, um, not really churched, uh, community. And so I, I felt really confident about that. Um, and just, you know, deciding what programs to look at, what programs, uh, brought me to IWU. Uh, and I was really stoked about that. And then I got on campus and was like instantly like, Oh no, I don't think I've made the right choice in any Mm. area of life. Um, which was really interesting, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, uh, yeah, like I just was feeling a lot of doubts, a lot of anxiousness and pretty quickly uh, realized that the the vision that I had, had for theater is something I truly believe in of, of doing ministerial work in secular professions. But I was not actually doing that. Um, I, I found myself seeing a ceiling in terms of like a career and seeing um, sort of an end point of if I had pursued theater and continued performing and doing all of those things where I was like, oh, I'm chasing success right now. And that was actually a really difficult moment for me because I was just like, oh, shoot. Like, here I was thinking I'm doing the Lord's work and I'm really just pursuing this for my own sake, my own success. Um, And that's why there's not been joy in it for me. That's why I was really anxious and really struggling those first few months of college. Um, And so I was just like, something needs to change. And that led to a lot of conversations with um, parents and spiritual mentors and even professors on campus that like, I didn't even know that well, but my parents were like, go talk to them. And I was like, okay. Um, that were really fruitful conversations about like, okay, what, what would it look like if you did change your major? What would it look like if you, you know, tried something else out? And that was so scary because like I had, I had built up this dream in my heart for what I thought um, ministry in a secular setting could look like. And I was like, oh, that's not what I'm supposed to do. Mm. Um, and so 
I just decided, I was like, I just need to change my major. Like, I don't know what that's going to lead to. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I just need to change my major. Um, so I switched to studying ministry and I don't know, I, I immediately felt like the Lord's peace and the Lord's assurance that that was the right move. Um, like got the email saying like, you've been, you know, officially changed. Yeah. And I felt so much lightness just like overwhelm me and, you know, got texted about a ministry serving opportunity like the next day where I was just like, holy cow, like that's so affirming of, um, he said, we going to work right away. Yeah. <laughs> the Lord said, <laughs> Lord said, um, get, we're getting started. But, uh, yeah, so I immediately, uh, just, just felt peace about that decision, but there was this still this wrestling of like, okay, so what, what now, what, what type of ministry am I doing now? Like, okay, I've said yes to studying the Bible in college. What, what's that going to lead to? And felt a lot of loss for, um, those creative elements of theater classes that I was experiencing those first few, like, even though I was not thriving in that environment, like I was just like, I do miss being creative in that mm. type of thing. And so like just walking along, trying to figure that out, um, over the next couple months eventually led to, um, just sort of this giving back from the Lord of like enjoying things again that I, I, I hadn't. So, so for example, when I look at theater, like enjoying singing again, enjoying creating things again that in those first few months where I thought that's what I was supposed to do and that was that wrestling season, I was not enjoying anymore because I was so stressed. I was like, am I doing this well enough? Am I going to, you know, be successful in this? And so I just didn't enjoy making music. I didn't enjoy acting in the same way. And, and so when I made that switch, I felt this like peace as those things were sort of given back to me to this point where I realized there's this crossroads of creative elements and the church. There's this absolute space for creativity in the church and in services. And I was sort of reintroduced to what worship is and what worship can be. And so that led to me even like getting more clarity from the Lord on like, you're going to use all those things that you valued. You're going to use all of those talents and gifts and passions for the arts in the church. And you're going to help create this worship conversation to be so much more than just, you know, standing up, singing three songs, sitting down and hearing a sermon. Like yeah. there's going to be more in wherever you end up. And so like just sort of the, yeah, like this giving back of those desires and passions that are going to be like tunneled through ministry. Yeah. So that's sort of where I'm at now. Yeah. Um, it's so much more exciting and so much more life giving. Mm. And that's so cool. Yeah. That, that's so cool to hear. Um, like the Lord really bring you to a place of where he meets you with your calling to ministry. And then also like, you see how your gifts, your talents, your passions, everything that you are, like, can be in that. Yeah. You know, it's not something that you have to, like, do something else or whatever. Um, Just sing songs and that's it. But you can use your creativity. How has uh, College West influenced you in that? Because I know, like, they're different to me in all worship and really to any other church in worship because of how they add these creative elements mm -hmm. and what worship really is. Has that influenced Definitely. You a lot? Could yeah. you talk about that the just rice. a little bit? Right. Definitely. Oh. No, I mean, I feel like there's been this huge blessing. Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> this huge blessing in, in College West, especially through Jordan and Daniel, just taking me under their wing when I was like this, you know, confused freshman who liked mm. creativity and they, you know, saw this desire in my heart. And I just, I don't know, I have a lot of respect for them for just how they've taken the philosophy of worship so seriously of, you know, we have people in our congregation who can dance. We have people in our congregation who um, play the oboe. We have people in our congregation who 
um, paint really well. And like, Mm. those all can be things that are used in worship and like growing up, seeing how that happens. It's just like, that's so, that is attainable. We just don't think of that commonly when we talk about worship. That's so good. Like everything that you do is worship to the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And I grew up, right? Like you said, stand up, sing three songs. Oh, and maybe get a scripture. I mean, if we're feeling spicy that day, right? <laughs> we might read the word. <laughs> we might read the word during quote unquote worship time. Mm. You sit back down, pastoral prayer, message, you go. Honestly, I didn't even know what ascending was until I came to college. I was like, <laughs> oh, that's what they do when they say go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I didn't know what that was. I don't think most people in our church do. But you mentioned being creative in worship. Mm-hmm. And for those that are listening, they probably also have no idea how to be creative in worship. <laughs> So how do you be creative in worship? Man. I, I, <laughs> oh, yeah. Come you make me now. think on this podcast. <laughs> um, I mean, my first thought in that is this idea of, okay, we have, you know, whatever time that is set aside for quote unquote worship, looking in our congregation and seeing like, okay, like what, what skills do we have? And, and likely you do have musicians, which is a huge, huge creative outlet, a huge thing that, yeah, like we are supposed to use. We are supposed to sing to the Lord and, and give those praises to him. But, okay. So we also have a poet in our congregation. We also have, Mm. um, somebody who's a public speaker just for like their complete, like totally secular job, but like they just speak a lot. And so they know how to be a public speaker. Um, and they can't sing for the life of them. Are we going to say like, no, you can't be a volunteer. No, you can't participate in worship. No, we're going to say, okay, then read scripture for us. Like do like read this as you would like dramatically or something like that. Um, and I think it, yeah, I think creativity is just seeing like what your congregation has to offer and acknowledging kind of like what you said, Isaac, like everything can be used for the Lord. And so like, let's, let's, you know, act like it, (laughs) like, let's actually see how that can be done. Um, and it's, it's hard work. It's this like daunting thought of like, how am I actually going to apply this when I, I'm in a church job, but like, it's, it's so exciting to think through like how much more, um, inclusive or well-rounded can our worship become if we start thinking through like, yeah, more, more creatively for, yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. I think, I think some of my like most memorable moments in worship too are when I love spoken words, when people get up and give a spoken word and yeah, there's just something about that almost in the rarity of it because it's so rare for people to get up and do that in a worship service. But when people do it, it's, it's super impactful, super, mm-hmm. super powerful to see. Wow. His mind, like you can see where the Lord met someone in that, mm-hmm. you know, and just to see when the congregation gets up. Cause there are some talented people. Oh, mm-hmm. Lord, yes. Like at our, at our church, I remember I, I used to, we went through this change where it was like, not just understand what worship is. Mm-hmm. And not just singing, not just the instruments and then the word, but went through a change and, and then they started bringing up other people that had different talents. And I was like, I didn't know our congregation was this talented, <laughs> you know, and yeah. it empowers people too. Yeah. Then they start going like, oh my goodness, what I'm gifted actually can be given to the Lord. Absolutely. You know, instead of thinking, oh, if I can't sing, if I can't play an instrument, if I can't speak, if I can't preach, then my gift isn't really used on Sundays, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And if the, if the Lord's going to meet me in spoken word if the lord meets me in you know my daily devotionals when i'm moving or when i'm you know writing this or that like those are valid ways that the lord encounters people if we're going to talk about how god can meet people in all these different areas it's so unfair to then say but but we can only acknowledge god in this box you know oh yeah i mean once once we talked about it when you talk about it it's like 
it makes so much sense. Mm. Like there's no argument against it. It's just like, oh wow, why didn't why didn't we think why didn't we think of that? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but going from there, uh, and you talking about your calling, where you're at right now, is there anything that God has brought new into light where it's like, hmm, I didn't expect this, or has He remained pretty consistent with it in the sense that, no, it, it's it's kind of the same calling that I, when you understood like with your creativity and with worship and how to play those. Has anything changed? Is there any new desire for something else that you do in life? Or is it um, just the same, the calling, you know? Yeah, I definitely would say that like the the calling itself has grown and um, expanded, I would say is a good word for it. Like mm-hmm. over time, I've, I feel like I've received more clarity as I've sat with it more, as I've talked about it more. I think if you had asked me to do this two years ago, it would have taken all 20 minutes and I would have <laughs> been very unclear about what I'm being called to right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, it's just expanded to a little bit more clear of a of a image of what worship can look like and, and what I'm called to do in that, in um, walking alongside of um, lay people and, and saying, how can you participate in worship? How can you lead your congregation, um, even though you're not a pastor, through the yeah. use of creative elements? Um, I think a key thing that I've also felt really strongly called to is just this idea of helping resource the big C church. So the global church of, um, I don't know. I feel like there's so much truth in the idea of sharing what we have with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so, um, wherever I end up, whatever I end up doing, I feel like if we are able to be creating resources, whether that's, um, music or, uh, programming or curriculum. I don't even know what that looks like. It's this big, vague thing right now, mm-hmm. but why would we not, you know, so freely give that to our brothers and sisters who might not have the resources to do that? You know, if I'm blessed yeah. enough to be in a church where we're able to, um, produce content or make, um, music, like I said, is a really big one for me. Um, why would we like say like, yeah, you guys can use this, but you need to pay us for it. Like, no, like my idea yeah. is this, just sharing of resources with the church, um, the the global church, to say like we are all doing the same work together. So like let's let's work together. That's what that's what the Acts two church did. Exactly. We see that they they had everything in common. Yeah. But yet we've we've grown into this. Actually, no, I would like money for this, <laughs> even though I didn't procure it in the first place. Right. I just have it, you know. And that's yeah. It, we're going through Acts in one of our classes, and it just remind for some reason that just pops up. But I, no, that's it, it's, that's sort of where that heart is. Yeah. Of, and as it should be, I think that's what we need to have more unity mm-hmm. within the church. And speaking of like having unity, you have a really close relationship with your family. Mm-hmm. And I know that your mom wears so many different hats. <laughs> and w- one of them is mom because she mm-hmm. is your mom, of course. And actually, she was on the podcast, um, on the Modern Parables podcast. I think it's going to drop like last Tuesday, maybe. But Shameless plug. Yes, shameless plug. She killed it. She <laughs> absolutely awesome. killed it. But I know that she's not just like a professor and a swim coach and she used to be a pastor, but she also is has written a song, right? She's written a couple. Yeah, Man. right? Like she she's, writes songs, bro. I mean, how has your mom shaped your calling or expanded it as you talked about? Yeah, I think, I mean, the, I'll speak so highly of my parents in this avenue of, first of all, they let an 18-year-old girl go to a expensive college to study theater so you know they're already so supportive of of a very unsure career but uh (laughs) um like honey 
we're set and we're going debt. debt. No, no, but they have been so, so supportive in everything. And I remember Mm -hmm. talking to them the first time where I was just like, I'm not supposed to be where I am right now. And I need help figuring that out. Like they just have been so, um, they ask really good questions and they listen so well. And even since, you know, that sort of moment of like, oh, I'm supposed to be studying ministry and I'm supposed to be walking into a, a life in the church and in ministry. They, they're they so supportive in the sense of they ask hard questions, they're practical, they ask, um, you know, how they can be helpful. They ask what I'm needing. They, they know who to point me to. Like they've just been very, um, I don't know, I feel no pressure, you know, having my mom be this like worship pastor extraordinaire Mm. person that I do think so highly of. I don't feel like there's any pressure there. I think it's this really big blessing of having somebody that cares so deeply and knows what I'm talking about. Um, And even getting to be taught by her, like I think there was a little pressure the first time I had her in a class where I was like, (laughs) Oh no, this is my mom grading my paper. But um, (laughs) judge your Thanksgiving. Hey mom, you gave me bad grade. I did a good job. (laughs) No, but even in that, like it's been cool to just see her and my dad's support of um, encouraging me and, and pushing me and asking good questions and giving good feedback, both just in life and also in school. But um, yeah, I I have nothing but support. I think. Okay. That's such a blessing Mm -hmm. because I know people that, you know, and they, whatever they're like, their job degree or whatever they're getting it in. I know parents that are sometimes very unsupportive. Mm -hmm. That's so hard. Yeah. And it's such a blessing to have parents, especially when we're going into ministry to have, I mean, to have parents in ministry, you know, um, to support, to support you in that. And then also to like guide you in that definitely, and teach you. I remember when I, (laughs) I finally got to the point where I understood my parents were actually wise. (laughs) Like I remember when I was younger, I was like, you guys don't know anything. (laughs) And then they start talking. I'm like, dang, you guys know a lot. You guys know everything. <laughs> yeah, for real. For real. But um, through through your story, what are like one or one or two things that you would that you would take away that God has really taught you mm. from from your calling or just from life that you would want to share this this truth that God has communicated to you about him in life, how he works with you, all these things to someone else. You yeah. know, encouragement. Yeah, because there's plenty of those students that are coming into ministry or going into their call that don't have the support of their parents. Mm-hmm. They don't have that home base where it's like, no, I feel launched. No, it, it it's like you constantly feel ridiculed for doing this, for following the Lord's leading. So what what is some encouragement? It doesn't have to be about that specifically, but there's just those people out there. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I remember being like a freshman and sophomore and just realizing like the blessing that it was to have grown up how I did of like not everyone gets that. And I think as I've developed that and talked to more people who, yeah, are almost fearful. Like, I, I think this is what the Lord is saying, but I'm not ready to do that because, like, what's mom and dad going to think? What's yeah. my brother going to think? What's my aunt and uncle going to think? You know, um, and I I think that the the thing that I've felt, like, the strongest about in that is understanding, like, if if you truly believe that the Lord is calling you to this, if you truly believe that this is what your calling in life is supposed to be, um, there's a way to have those conversations. One, not host, like not in hostility. And yeah. there's a way to say like, this is my life and this is my relationship with the Lord. And I don't want this to sever ties. And I think if you can go in that attitude into those conversations with that kind of attitude, I feel like it's going to have a lot more of an out better outcome than like, I'm just not going to tell them, or I'm just gonna, you know, 
be a punk about it and just say, no, this is what I want. Like, I, I do think those conversations can get a little more difficult when we have those attitudes. Um, but you, what's more than that is finding a community, um, whether that be at your school, whether that be at your church that will support you, like find the people that are going to support you that are going to mentor you through those conversations because it's going to be impossible to do on your own. Yeah. Um, and so if, if you do feel like, you know, this is, this is my calling and this is who's not going to support me in this, find the people that will, because I mean, I'm, I'm guessing there probably is at least somebody out there that's <laughs> talked to you about this before. I think that's a big part of the discerning process. And so asking them to walk alongside you in that, um, and, and then turning to kind of what you were asking Isaac about just like what I've learned in all of this, um, or what, what I would say is I, I do think it's so important to be, um, losing my train of thought here. Um, no worries. Gr- grounding ourselves in the spiritual disciplines for our own sake, especially when it comes to pursuing ministry, because I think every person in this room could say like, it's so hard when you're homework is read the whole book of <laughs> Mark in one sitting and yeah. make a order of worship and, um, you know, start writing a sermon all in one, you know, week. <laughs> it's like, okay, I don't really want to go do a extensive time of prayer for my own sake or even in, in, in jobs where it's like, oh, I'm supposed to meet with, you know, three people this week and talk about their spiritual lives. I don't really want to sit down and talk about my own. And so, um, I get that struggle and I still struggle with it in the day to day, but I think I've been learning a lot of how much more clarity I feel, how much at peace I feel when I do set aside that time to um, pray to the Lord, to read my Bible on my own, not for the assignment. Um, Cause you are being spiritually fed in those times when you're doing it for an assignment, but your mindset's not there, I guess. Like, yes, I'm reading the book of Mark. Like that is me digesting the word of the Lord, but I'm also through this lens of like, I have to get this done by midnight, you know? And so taking that time, making that time, finding that time to, um, be able to, uh, be spiritually fed for our own sakes, because that's going to, it's helped me better discern my calling. It's helped me figure out, um, more than I would have known, you know, two years ago. Yeah, that's so good. We can relate with that so much of just, it's hard to stay grounded in spiritual disciplines when your spiritual discipline looks a lot like your homework sometimes. Yeah. But your homework is separate. Yeah, know? and that's that's the life in the church. That's the life in ministry. Yeah. And so it's like, if you're not going to know how to do that right now, you're never going to yep. figure it out, like have an easier time to figure it out. Oh, yeah, exactly. Some people always say, oh, it would be easier when I'm out, out of college and so out Good of education. luck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Buddy. Okay. Yeah, you'll, you'll view your sermon prep as homework. Mm-hmm. And if it's anything like how I've done homework, it's how fast can I do it and get a good grade? Cause there's people I want to be around and things like that, yeah. but that's not at all what's going to be in the church world. Yeah. Instead yeah. now it's how fast, how efficiently can I do something and get people's praise about it? Mm-hmm. Can I get, can I get, it turns into, can I get by with this? Can they be fed on this? Mm-hmm. And it's like, instead of fresh bread, it turns out to be, regurgitated food yeah because <laughs> you're not shepherding or stewarding your your sheep well yeah you're that, looking at up and saying eh you're not worth my time yeah that's so good being grounded in spiritual disciplines yeah it's so good it brings us closer it's our response to god <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like he's drawing near and we just want to be close with him as well definitely yeah thank you so much ansley yeah, yeah thank like, you guys it was so much fun we got to talking yeah it's it's a crazy part of the semester and we're getting busy and 
we're like, man, Thanksgiving's two weeks away, but I want it to be now. <laughs> but <laughs> we're here. We're we're surviving. And thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're busy. So all those that are listening, stay tuned. We have more. Oh yeah, let's give it a little, <laughs> a little, little clap. In the studio. Little clap <laughs> but thank you so much. And yeah, stay tuned for for more coffee and calling. Adios. Adios. We'd also like to take a second to thank the School of Theology and Ministry at Indiana Wesleyan University for using their facilities. We want to thank The Call Collective for producing all of our podcasts. The Call Collective seeks to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. To find out more information, visit at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Call Collective. Thanks for listening again and taking time in your day to have the chance to be formed by the conversations we have over coffee. See you guys next week.